Hey everybody, welcome back to Discover Spring Ford. I'm standing in front of the Spring City Mill Studios, located at 20 East Bridge Street in Spring City Borough, inside the former knitting mill. Today, I'm excited to sit down with Katie Cumber and Patty Klein-Capaldo, the co-founders of the nonprofit writer's room, Creative Light Factory. I'm Jeff Desiato, a professional actor, part-time realtor, and transplant to the Spring Ford area. And I'm on a mission to find the best that Spring Ford has to offer. I'll be interviewing local business owners, civil servants, and other prominent members of the community to find out what makes Spring Ford a great place to live, work, eat, and explore. I invite you to join me on my journey as I discover Spring Ford. Ladies, thank you so much for allowing me to come in today. Uh, I really love the ambiance of this building, and what you guys have done here is really comfortable, so hopefully you are comfortable as we continue our conversation. Um, so as we do on every episode of Discover Springford, I ask people to share their backstory um, before they got to where they are, because I find that informs people a lot of why you've ultimately made the decisions that you made uh, to bring you here. So um, we'll start with Katie. You're the guinea pig to go first. Um, tell us a little bit about your background personally. Sure. and. Um, what inspired you to ultimately uh, come to Creative Life Factory? Okay. Um, well, I've uh, always I've always been a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have these stories just bubbling in me, and um, they would come out, and I got in a lot of trouble <laughs> uh, <laughs> for telling kids in the neighborhood like these fantastic stories about you know houses being haunted or. Um, <laughs> you know, seeing uh, a mystery or something. Um, and, and my parents would get a lot of phone calls. Oh, um, <laughs> so one day they got a particularly troubling phone call from my math teacher uh, because I had told a story about um, my dad's uh, 12 wives calling me <laughs> so that I couldn't do my math homework. I couldn't concentrate because he had multiple women calling the house. Oh my word. And, <laughs> and so they gave me a notebook and they said, write your stories in here. Oh and um, so I, I finally got an outlet and I started writing these fantastic stories in this notebook and, and then I needed another notebook and then I needed another one. And I just became addicted to storytelling. And um, it's been that way since I was a kid. Um, I know the power of a good story. Mm-hmm. I know the power of words, and um, and I, I just I I love a good word. I love being able to support people to find those words, mm-hmm. um, find a way to arrange the words in the most powerful and concise way. Um, so I edit as well as write, um, and it's just it's a joy for me. It's a passion. Yeah. Um, so I no longer get in trouble for my stories, <laughs> um, and I, I just I, I just really enjoy it. So that's that's one of the reasons why Creative Light Factory exists is because I wanted a space where writers could come and tell their stories and be safe and secure and also have community. Sure. Um, and we'll probably get to a point where, like, we talk about, like, how Patty and yeah, I got yeah, together. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So I won't get into that. Uh, that's fine. That's, that's, like, <laughs> See, my I think you've done this before. I know you guys were nervous, <laughs> but, like, that's the perfect segue where you stopped, and now I can uh, transition Good. to Patty to tell a little bit of her origin story. Okay. Um, so, Patty, um, 
you're next in the driver's seat here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, okay. and where you where life started for you. Where life started? Yeah. That's way back. Um, yeah, that's fine. You can go back as far as you want. Um, I decided I didn't go to college right out of high school. Mm-hmm. I won't go into all of that. That's okay. Uh, I did. I decided um, to go into journalism because okay. I also love stories and the power of the written word and uh, really believe in that. Um, I didn't, I kind of took a winding road back to the writing dream. Um, When I was, after being in the corporate world for Mm -hmm. several years and kind of languishing there, (laughs) the creativity kind of snuffed out. Oh my gosh, that's like exactly my story, but I I won't interrupt you, sorry. (laughs) I think it's a lot of people's story, which is really part of my Especially creative people, I think. They feel that stifling in a a really rigid environment like that. Right. Um, The corporate world has done well by me. I won't doubt that. Um, But when I was trying to imagine ways to, I wanted to retire early and how to... Uh, bring in a little extra income. That part hasn't happened yet, yeah. <laughs> but it brought me back to writing yeah. and discovering that part of myself and really uh, bringing that creative part of myself alive. And I started um, actually initially started with The Artist's Way. I don't know if you've oh, yeah, heard of it with, before. Yeah. Uh, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, and I started doing morning pages mm-hmm. and uh, kind of dreaming on the page of what I wanted to do, and that led me to um, an artist way group where I, for the first time, uh, got the courage to try National Novel Writing Month. Oh, wow! And uh, did my first NaNoWriMo, and really helped me break through the blocks of that having to come up with the perfect first sentence, sure. you know, and staring at a blank page for you know hours and kind of blasting through that. And so that, just, sorry to interrupt sorry. you, but can you, what is National Novel Month? For those who don't know, yeah, sorry. Uh, it's it's favorite a favorite month. Yeah. <laughs> it's an annual challenge in November to write a 50,000 word novel in 30 days. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a draft. Okay. Rough draft yeah. of a novel, but just to get the story out, get the story in the page and, and just get writing. Yeah. Writing every day. And hundreds of thousands of people worldwide participate every year. Mm. Uh, so that was my introduction, and I learned so much through it that I decided to start a writing group that um, meets weekly, mm. and it's called Just Write. And uh, my reasoning was to perpetuate the community that I uh, uh, discovered during just during NaNoWriMo, mm. National Novel Writing Month, right. and uh, share the lessons I learned and um, help other people break through those blocks and, and keep writing. That's existed now for seven and a half years. Oh, wow. And we started at the Town Center Bookstore yeah. in Collegeville. We love that place. My kids place. love going there. Yeah, it's a great place. Yeah. Um, but we kind of outgrew the space, and wanted to, you know, when we wanted to have a workshop or class or something, um, I wanted a space to, that we wouldn't have to like, look for someplace. Right, get permission you know, and all that kind of stuff. Get yeah. permission or pay for it or yeah. all, all our own. And um, I was discussing this with a friend one time, 
And she said, well, you need a writer's room. And it was like an explosion in the brain, <laughs> a writer's room. What's a writer's room? I'd never heard of it. Yeah. So I started researching, and they actually started in New York in the 70s, and they're all over the country, yeah. um, mostly in big cities, not mm-hmm. like spring city size yeah. <laughs> places, but um, this is where we landed. Yeah. And... Um, the next big thing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Spring yes. City. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of the, the birth of the dream right. uh, on my end. And I don't know if you want to yeah. go into that. No, the... that's fine. Yeah, I just wanted to ask because you had said mm-hmm. that you kind of came back to writing mm-hmm. uh, at a later time. It wasn't something necessarily that you pursued out of high school and college. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Katie. You started writing in school mm. to keep yourself from getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Is it something that you then immediately knew at that point, I'm going to pursue this in terms of yeah. like uh, higher education and things like that? Or yeah. what, what was your background um, after school? No, I, I wanted to do a million different things. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a marine biologist. I wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to be like uh, a journalist. I, I, I wanted to be a spy. Like, right. I, you know, <laughs> Sounds uh, like me. <laughs> so... I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and then um, I, I met uh, this youth pastor uh, when I was a senior in high school, and she seemed like a perpetual teenager. <laughs> I was like, perfect! <laughs> so I went to school for youth ministry okay. um, at Eastern University, and I wrote a paper, and um, my professor is like, we never do this because we are short on youth ministry students, but you need to be a writer. You need to be in the English department, oh, wow. not the youth ministry department. And um, he still uses that paper to this day um, with wow. his classes. He'll, he'll read it out loud as an example of what he wants and what he's looking for. And so I switched departments and it was like the best thing I've ever done. I, I studied under um, Mark Hallen and Betsy Morgan and just like really amazing professionals in their field and um, and I just I, I loved it I loved it so I, I graduated with a creative writing degree wow. and um, and then I also went on to get my master's in um, education and I, I taught for a while in Philly and then oh, I yeah. got burnt out yeah. <laughs> and my school closed and then I was like what next right. and um, I was substitute teaching for a long time and I ended up at a homeschool co-op okay. where uh, it's just a bunch of homeschoolers yeah. and then I could teach them creative writing and it was it was a joy um, and then uh, I saw a TED talk with David Eggers mm-hmm. and he talked about how um, he wrote The Circle right I think I've heard that name the book, he's the uh, McSweeney's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he had uh, his... It, he could have written The Circle. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in his TED Talk, he's talking about how he he will open his uh, publishing room to kids after school. Mm. And they all come in and they work and they, they publish anthologies at the end of the year and they just get very excited about storytelling and writing. And I was like, I want to do that. Right. Like, I want to have my own little writer's room where, like, I didn't know the term writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I want this space. And, um, and so, like, I started dreaming and I um, started looking in downtown Phoenixville for a space where I could do this mm-hmm. and just kind of like open it up 
like have writers write during the day and then open it up to kids after school and get kids excited about writing. Um, and the author, Rob Cadigan, uh, who wrote Phoenixville Rising. Okay, yeah. And he owns Reed's Bookstore in downtown Phoenixville. He noticed that I was looking for spaces. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, what do you want to do? And I told him. And he was like, you know, there's someone who has a very similar vision. And he was like, you need to, you need to meet Patty. Oh, wow. And so he's kind of like the grandfather <laughs> of the Family Factory. <laughs> or the That's matchmaker cool. or somebody. Yeah. You know, like he's linked. He's, he's in our history. Um, and I, I met with Patty and we talked for an hour. And after that hour, we're like, let's do this. Wow. And then within a year, we were opening Creative Light Factory. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to hear. Uh, I would like to go back to you a little bit just to talk about, um, you know, your you, when you first had an interest in writing and things like that and, and what made you kind of not and then come back to it. You don't have to share too much, but I do want to talk about that. But just hearing your background in the corporate world, um, your background in youth ministry, which is actually something that I was thought I was going to do, really? was youth ministry. Um <laughs> And was also a creative person and mm-hmm. saw that that was um, something that I, I could not get rid of. Like, that was just, like, my burning mm-hmm. passion. So, being a creative person. And then being a teacher. My wife is a teacher. So, there's just a lot of cool different um, connections. And I was homeschooled. So, wow. <laughs> all of those things. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you're telling me. And I'm like, boom, light bulb, boom, 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 boom. Like you had said, like, the bomb going off. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, really cool. I'm I'm getting a little tingly as I do often in these conversations because it's so cool to meet people, not know them at all from Adam, as they say, and, and to find all these common threads. So anyway, uh, Patty, tell me if you're okay with it. Uh, I would like to go back a little bit um, to when you initially found the passion for writing, um, and if it's something that you know, uh, what made you decide not to pursue it ultimately right away, and then if there was one kind of catalyst that made you come back to it. If you could just uh, share little bits of that if you want. When I initially found the passion for writing, yeah. I guess I, uh, I, wow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking back to high school. In utero, it may have been. <laughs> <You never laughs> um, um, actually, my father was a storyteller. Okay. Um, he didn't write them down, but... Um, I remember sitting around the kitchen table with my aunts and uncles and, and then telling, sharing stories and always loved listening to stories. And I was always a daydreamer mm. and creating stories in my head. It didn't really occur to me to write them down at the right. time. <laughs> kind of, um, my high school was very foggy because I was not really there right. <laughs> in my own head. I was right. off somewhere else. Um, but I remember with uh, papers in school and stuff, getting very positive feedback and, you know, just loving the process of writing and um, picking the perfect word and parsing a sentence and, you know, the whole process, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that love goes, goes way back. And then I guess reading, just loving to read stories and seeing um, I always had a love for history mm-hmm. and the power of that the written word has had throughout history and in you know in our nation right. and, um, I guess that's what 
led me to choose journalism. Mm. When I finally did go back to school, I went right. off and on for a while. Yeah. And I finally did go back to school. And I guess um, I might say I didn't really have good guidance, or I might have gone into creative writing yeah. at the time. Sure. Um, I didn't, when I got out of school, I was, to have another tie-in, very involved with the church, and uh, a lot of volunteering there, and so financially, um, I guess that's what led me into the corporate world, it took me kind of on a different path for several years, needing that that income. Um, What brought me back, like I said, I was... I guess I was hungering for a creative outlet mm-hmm. and thinking what could I do and I thought again about writing and it was like something just came alive inside me again and I took a, a course um, breaking into print and started writing you know stories again and, and uh, it just really brought that part of me alive that's awesome yeah yeah that's it's very similar to my story where I financially responsible had to be you know I had, exactly. a, I had a wife and young children and was always a creative person but had to kind of you know make ends meet and the creative outlet is very very hard to make a living doing it yeah. um, so and I got to the point where I started to and I kind of, I've talked about this in the past so I apologize for belittling it the, to the people where, that have watched multiple episodes of the show but I feel like it's important to share it with you guys so you, you can uh, feel, relate um, getting to that point where I just felt like I was like dying. I was blocked. Mm-hmm. And um, there's actually a podcast that I listen to called The Moment with Brian Koppelman. And he's the guy who's the showrunner of Billions. If you've heard of the TV show Billions, he wrote the movie Rounders. He's a he's okay. a Hollywood guy. But he has a lot of creatives on his podcast. And he actually talks about The Artist's Way, which is the book yes. that you brought up. And that was the thing. He was uh, he worked in the mu- like A&R in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, like a lawyer, like legal with music. And... Um, he wanted to be a writer and he felt like he couldn't and he was a blocked he said he was i was a blocked writer mm-hmm. and it, the situation started to become toxic where he just yeah. felt like he was like he was miserable he was depressed because he had all of this what he thought what he wanted to get out and he read the artist's way and he just started doing morning pages and started to kind of let all that out and now he's made his living as a writer a screenwriter and, and a you know television writer and things like that um so it's cool that you say that but i felt the same way um and for me, I had to find a way to... Mine was performing. Um, so I'm a, I'm a professional actor now. But um, I couldn't just leap into that. I had So I got into real estate because that was a way where I could like still make some money but also have a flexible enough schedule that I could pursue the creative thing without like... Um, uh, you know, just abandoning my responsibilities and things like that. But yeah, so I totally understand that feeling when you're like, all right, like this is something I'm really passionate about. How do I, how do I pursue it in a responsible way? You know, without just like throwing caution to the wind. Because I think I made some decisions where it was like, you know, I maybe was a little too rash. <laughs> you know, maybe I shouldn't have gotten my real estate license and quit my job. Yeah. Maybe I should have like done it part time and transition. gradually transition. Yeah. But I was kind of like, let's do this. You know, cash in the four hundred one k to have a safety net. And yeah, so I, I made some mistakes along the way. But uh, all that to say, um, I'm really, it, it really encourages me to, to talk to other creatives and because I feel like there's a lot of um, parallels in the journey because it's 
you know, it's hard to say when you're a young person, I'm going to be an actor without someone saying, well, you need a plan B or I'm going to be a writer. Oh, you need a plan B. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's encouraging to see people who, even though it takes them a time to get to that point, which leads me to, uh, you know, we can tie back to where you guys came together. Um, uh, what was the initial conversation like? And, and obviously, we know how you guys met. Um, but at, from your perspective, how did you come in contact with Katie? Um, the, through Rob Cadigan, yeah. um, he said you need to meet Katie, and he introduced us on Facebook, and, yeah. and we made a, an appointment to meet and, at Steel City. And oh, okay. we talked for hours. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you said, after that first hour, it's like, <clears throat> and I, you know, I have to say too that. Um, I have another close friend, uh, Joe Sardella, mm-hmm. who was in on this dream from the very beginning, and um, I often call her the motor behind my boat because oh, she's kept cool. the dream alive. Yeah. You know, when we were looking for places, and like, oh, there's no way, how are we going to afford this? Yeah, right. How are we going to do this? And she, you know, we, we kept going with that, and uh, she... So those she people are so important, oh, too. So important. Like, just to have those yeah. champions, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. just like, they don't necessarily, it's not their vision, but they see the vision in you, and they want to support you, and that's right, yeah, really yeah. important. Um, so, after that initial conversation, like, what was the process of like, all right, let's figure this out. How do we get this off the ground? Uh, well, did, you, did you have other people? I mean, obviously, um, um, what's his name? Sorry, Rob. Rob. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say Rob, and then I was like, oh, that's not it, and I'll look stupid, but I'll just look stupid not remembering. Uh, uh, the uh, um, was he kind of someone who had set something up like this in the past? He was able to kind of guide you on what steps you needed to take, or was it just kind of feeling it out? No, he just kind of made the introduction. Yeah. Oh, really? Let me check it from there. Yeah. Um, I had actually um, probably six months at least mm-hmm. before Katie and I met. Yeah. Um, I had started getting a team together, and we had bounced some ideas around and. Um, can I just go into yeah, the please. meaning behind the name? Oh, yes, please. Creative Life yeah. After. Um, I had for several months or maybe even years, I had felt this heaviness, like mm-hmm. a darkness encroaching because I'd seen so many creative people pass. Oh, okay. And like we were just losing something. I don't know. It was, if I can say it was a spiritual thing I yeah. felt um, and I felt that I f- believe that creativity and art and writing and music is what enlightens the world and I just felt that passion and as things to me appeared to be getting darker I just felt uh, November a couple years ago um, now's the time yeah. So I, you know, I got some people together. I shared that that vision, that passion, you know, and and talked about places we'd looked at, and you know that I envisioned like maybe an old factory building. And one of the uh, people who were there, he's wrote on a, a napkin, "Creative Light Factory." You know, he took everything that I'd said and wrote on this nap, "Creative Light Factory." I'm like, yes. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so that's where, where the name came from, and just that um, underlying belief that the world needs our light and our creativity and our passion, imagination, innovation. Um, so that's, 
that's really cool. Yeah, that's amazing that all those things kind of tie together. Um, literally, you're in an old factory, uh, yes, which is yes. convenient. Uh, but uh, in terms of just like the idea of like the with creatives, a lot of the work is unseen. Like it's it's what's going on, you know, back in the the industrial type of a thing. You know, it's, right. it's being churned over time, and, and you're going over things time and time again in your brain before you actually are. You know, putting it out for the world. So yeah. that's kind of, it's such a cool image when I think about it, when the way you explained it like that too. Um, so, what was the uh, the infancy of Creative Light Factory? What was the initial starting? Where were you guys set up, and and, and how did that? What were those early days like? Uh, I Either one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I started having from uh, just right. I started um, meeting. Um, just having a seedling writer's room okay. at uh, Java's Brewing Coffee House okay, yeah. in Limerick, and they let us use their uh, basement conference room, like on a third, uh, I think when was that? It's Monday mornings. Monday mornings, okay. yes, Monday mornings. And then we'd also meet sometimes at Brood, at Brood Awakening oh, okay, in Warsford, yeah. um, just to meet together, just that um, uh, collective creative energy, you know, just working together independently or collaborating on something uh, so that was kind of the the ceiling yeah and then do you want to talk about the yeah. retreat oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um patty throws an amazing retreat like uh we go to pendle hill which is this beautiful um quaker retreat center and um i think it was the last night we had a bonfire and we were like writing down our intentions or something that we wanted to see in the the year to come, and um, and then we would throw it into the fire. Like it was very, yeah. it was very fun. Um, and Patty uh, wrote down the intention of the writers' room, and she threw the the paper into the fire. And there was like this whoosh. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> And then, like, after that, um, this woman who was on the retreat was like, hey, wait a minute. I know the perfect space. There's an old knitter's mill with Studio for Rent signs. you got to check it out. Wow. And and so, like, it was, I guess, like, two weeks later, maybe a month later, um, we got a tour of the space. It was completely demolished all the windows were boarded up like this whole space was very open there was debris everywhere um and the owner was taking us through and he talked about this a similar project that he did in maniunk and um how most of the artists who started with him 30 years ago were still there and we're like we're putting our deposit down (laughs) 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 we feel like we can trust you and um, and then we started meeting at Wegmans. Okay. Um, and we would have like these mini board meetings of all these people who just lovingly volunteered their time to see this vision come to life. Like it's amazing how many people have stepped up. Wow. To see us through, like our space was designed by a volunteer architect. Oh my goodness. Um, we gave the design to the owner. He built it for us. Like wow. it's just. It's incredible. Like, I don't know how we could have done it without the team of people we had. Like, it's, like, we, we call ourselves the co-founders, but really, like, we have about 10 co-founders. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's it's really incredible. Um, and, you know, we were meeting at Wegmans for a year. 
uh, and like. Well, was this all as Creative Life Factory? Yeah. So it was it was an established brand, but you just have a space like your own. Well, space. we were like yeah. developing the website yeah. together. We were like talking about mission statements. Right. We were talking about like nonprofit paperwork, yeah. which is like. <clears throat> It's a monster. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just like doing the... Bylaws. Yeah, yeah, like the dull, boring... Yeah, right. <laughs> don't want to... I don't know if I want to do this anymore stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that you have to do in order to create something like right. this. You know, um, like we were building the skeletons. Yeah. And, um, and it, was, it was such a great... Like even doing the mundane things... Mm-hmm. It was there was such a good energy about it. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like everyone was like, let's make this work. Like we believe in the vision of the space. Like this needs to happen. So like even the stuff that made us want to rip our hair out um, <laughs> was exciting. Yeah. yeah, like it was exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. So what ultimately? I mean, obviously you explained how you came across this building, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, at what point was it ready, and when did you launch officially in this space? We found out about the space. I guess the beginning of October in 2017. Okay. And um, after, uh, like Katie said, after uh, Kelly at the retreat mentioned the space, I called the owner um, like a, the next day. Okay. And he was telling me about the building, and he's so excited. I told him about our vision of a writer's room because he'd never done that before. Yeah. It was all artist studios. Yeah. And he was saying, you know, giving me some price ranges and this and that and said, I'll, I'll build it whatever you want. And I'm standing up at my desk. <laughs> 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 I was like, this is it. I just knew I yeah. it. Was, this is it. Yeah. It's finally it. So um, the following May is when we moved in. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So May 2018. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah so you guys fast. are coming up on two two years in yeah. this space, which is yeah. incredible. This is my first time actually setting foot in here, which I've been wanting to see it for so long, but with my work schedule and when the open houses were happening, it never worked out. So I'm glad I was able to make the time uh, to come in. Um, so tell us a little bit about how, um, how it works here. So if anybody is out there watching this going, Ooh, <laughs> you know, uh, what is the, uh, what is the format of, of the writer's room and how does it work? If someone were interested who is a writer or a creative and wants to know a little bit about it, you can share that the, the nitty gritty as it were. Well, we have three levels of membership. It's membership-based. Okay. We have um, the Spark, Blaze, and... and Ignite. Ig- Spark, Ignite, and Blaze okay. membership. <laughs> uh, Spark is our base-level membership, which includes, um, you know, basic networking, and we have a monthly uh, write-in, eight-hour okay. write-in uh, that's included in that. And... Uh, you know, you get our newsletter and, and things like that. It yeah. doesn't include um, access to the writing space yeah. during open hours. Um, that's $25 for three months. Okay. The Ignite membership is $40 a month, and that includes uh, access to the space during open hours, which mm. is 9 to 3, Monday through Friday. Oh, okay. And plus the uh, any other events, uh, the... Um, Write-ins and mm-hmm. which Katie hosts yeah. eight-hour write-ins once a month. She's amazing. And during NaNoWriMo, it's like twelve-hour write-ins. Eighteen <laughs> hours. Oh my gosh. I, I did an eighteen-hour yes. write-in this so year. So write-in yes. as in people yeah. all come here and they're all like aggressively writing yes. together. Yeah. and that write-in kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's yeah, that's, fine. that's also a concept that came out of National Novel Writing okay. Month, yeah. Um, yeah. where people just get together um, and 
inspire each other and just just you know you're sitting there and everybody else is clicking away or writing away and you're going better keep writing too yeah, yeah it's just it's uh kind of it's like being yeah it's like yeah. being on the treadmill next to somebody and they're yeah. they're going up a level incline or whatever you're like oh i gotta up my game here yeah. <laughs> you know that's exactly. good yeah. it's always it's better to get in shape with someone next to you because <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. a, it's yeah. a motivation so and then the blaze is the, the blaze the third is level. uh like a nine to nine membership um we don't currently have any Blaze membership. That's right. Um, well, you have to be a member of in good standing for right. a year okay. before you apply, okay. and um, and then you get the special privileges of the twelve hour membership. Okay. Um, twelve hours a day for five days a week. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Well, actually, I think it's seven days a week. Yeah, yeah, it's any day. Yeah, yeah. Um, where you can be here from nine to nine, and um, it's it's a good benefit. I yeah. mean. We wanted to honor writers who, you know, they uh, they get their inspiration at night, and right. you know, we're like, how can we do that? Yeah. So we wanted we wanted to have a membership available for, for people who are uh, night owls. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, honor the security of the whole building. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a super VIP type of a level. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you I have to. Yeah. You, can't just be giving people keys to the, right, the space right. and stuff like that like off the street. So. Yeah. so, and I didn't mention the night yeah. membership is only forty dollars a month. Okay. So right. it's a co-working space <clears throat> for for anybody really who needs a quiet place to work. Right. Um, for just forty dollars a month. That's crazy. Which is yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. It's like having your own office. Yeah. Um, yeah. Space with, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, any office space you have is going to be shared. <clears throat> at that level so for four dollars a month that's yeah. that's incredible 40 yeah, 40, yeah, yeah. that's a, yeah, it's I, a my voice got caught when I said it so. <laughs> um, then the blaze is 75 okay yeah, yeah. So. which still for what is involved it's and if you're serious about about writing and that making that your career that's that's still a great business expense to you know right. to, right. to yeah. put forth the effort I mean just in terms of like my real estate dues and things like mm-hmm. that just to be a real estate agent it's like oh my goodness you know yeah. like um, so, uh, you know, that's really cool. So you might get this question. Do you, either of you have a specific genre that you enjoy writing or you kind of lean towards, uh, as you're writing, you can each share. <laughs> that's like asking like, which of your, which of your children is your favorite? You know, like, like, that's exactly yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I work in a way that I get an idea and then I find the genre the idea fits in. Oh, okay. I write poetry, flash fiction, novels, and plays. Um, and yeah, so any anytime I get like a seedling of an idea, I just kind of try to figure out where the idea can, can rest and yeah. grow and be its full potential. Um, the novel I'm working on right now is a new adult paranormal novel. Okay. Um, we'll see. We'll yeah. See <laughs> so the content but, dictates the format for you. For beta readers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It's, it's the whole sending out thing. It's it's just it's it's hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I have a collection of po- poetry that's published and a, a few flash fiction pieces that are in some lit journals, but. Um, I don't know. It's the whole the whole idea of publishing a novel um, is is there, there's something that's very personal. I think it's just the time. Yeah. I think it's like the amount of time that's invested sure. in that story and those characters and how much time you spend with those characters and uh, it's just a whole thing. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm having a hard time letting it go. Yeah. But I know, that's, I, know I need to push out the nest. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it, how it goes. Yeah, that's a perfectionist's uh, biggest obstacle is, yes. is letting it go. Because yeah. especially in art, like art is ever evolving. So you're like, yeah. how can you have a finite you know right. you just end stop. date you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like I can always improve on it but at some point you just need to yeah that's a, that's it's like funny. the artist with the paintbrush going into the gallery yeah you know? right. <laughs> just a touch up yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you Patty I dabble in everything yeah I recently uh, focused more on poetry that might be Katie's influence yeah uh, I have a few short pieces uh published in some anthologies uh short non-fiction yeah. um i've written some novels or drafts of novels <laughs> yeah. or starts of novels uh which is really fun i i love writing fiction because just the freedom of it just yeah. the imagination letting yeah. the imagination go is really fun um so yeah now uh, i'll put you on the spot again and ask do you do either of you have a favorite book? Because I think that is... Uh, I, I interviewed uh, a man, David Eisenhower, who uh, has a business called Cinema Sickness, and he's a cinephile, so he has the, like, the largest collection of... of um, what do you call it? Uh, media. Uh, cinema media. So he has DVDs, Blu-rays, all in his basement. Uh, and I asked him, what's your favorite movie? Which is a ridiculous question, because he has thousands and thousands of movies in his possession, but... Um, I'll try to ask you guys. I know it's probably a hard question, but is there a go-to book that, like, when someone asks you, oh, do you have a favorite book? You just kind of, even it might not be your favorite, but it's the one yeah. that comes to mind, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. I should have given you a little that's bit more time really, to prepare that. But. Yeah, that's, that's a <laughs> Or a book that you recommend to people that is, like, yeah. particularly inspiring to you. I will mention my most recent favorite, yeah. um, which I haven't, I've actually listened to, so the audiobook yeah. twice, I haven't actually read the book. Yeah. Uh, Where the Crawdads Sing okay. by Delia Owens. It's beautifully written and uh, just a really, really good story. Yeah. Um, so I recommend that one. Okay. <laughs> um, as far as, I, I love historical fiction. Yeah. And one I've gone back to several times is um, Here Be Dragons by oh, Sharon okay. Penman uh, and the the rest of the trilogy. Um, so that's one of my favorite. And I love Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No shame in that. Uh, <laughs> my kids are going through it with my wife right now. Yeah. She's reading it to them. So. Harry awesome. Potter yeah. reintroduced me to magic. Yeah. And, yeah. and belief in magic. And magic. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Um, well, uh, my my copy of Wrinkle in Time is very beat up. Yeah, because <laughs> I read that every summer. Um, I don't I don't know why. It's it's just become this tradition um, where where I, I pick it up and it doesn't feel like summer unless I I've read Wrinkle in Time. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> um, Great Expectations is another one that's very beat up on my shelf. Um, Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. And I'm currently reading a lot of Bruce Ware right now um, because she is just a master at creating tension and um, because I'm writing a paranormal story. Um, she has just been a, a teacher in suspense for me. Oh, that's like, cool. uh, so really, I, it's whatever I'm working on, 
I will find an author who is, um, who is like a teacher. Yeah. You know, like I will, I will find like the best in that genre and I will just become obsessed with them for a while (laughs) until I, um, until I've learned what I can from them and what they do and. Uh, I try to apply it to my own writing, but without losing my own voice at the same time, which can be difficult balance, but it's, it's worth it. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't write unless you read. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. I know I, uh, I hated reading in school. Like I absolutely <laughs> abhorred it, uh, until I read in high school, uh, the book April morning. I don't know if you've ever read it, mm-hmm. um, but it's a book. I forget who the author is. It's not Robert Frost. I don't think, but it's somebody, it's a name that you would recognize, but it's about a young boy who is uh, his town is is wrapped up in the Battle of Lexington and Concord. So it's a mm-hmm. historical fiction, and it's his coming of age where he yeah, has yeah. he you know it starts he's just like thirteen or fourteen, however old he is, and there's a girl in town that he has a crush on, and but then everything all the the fighting comes and he gets caught up in it and he has to then like take up arms like mm-hmm. as a young boy, mm-hmm. and it's just like so by the end of the book he's like a man now and everything that was trivial to him and, and childlike is kind of, it's not anymore, but it's a, it was such a captivating read for me. And I was like that age when I read it that I was like, wait, books can do this. Like, I, was like, I had an emotional response to reading. This is like, and that was until I read that book, I absolutely didn't understand why reading was the thing. Like, why was this so important? Um, so I, ever since then I've, I've loved reading and I, I like, I like uh, political thrillers. I like a lot of different things. I like autobiographies a lot. Like yeah. so much so. I've read so many autobiographies. Um, so I'll make a recommendation for everybody. Uh, the book Manhunt uh, was written, I forget the author's name, but it's about the 12 day uh, manhunt for John Wilkes Booth. Oh, wow. uh, and it's based entirely on witness, eyewitness, and interviews and, and, um, and journalism of the time, mm-hmm. but it's written almost in narrative form. So you'll have the the people having conversations, but it's actually like the words from their testimony that they gave oh. and stuff like that. So it's wow. it's, a, it's a really good read. It's called That's Manhunt: cool. The Hunt for Clinton's. Uh, I'm sorry, the Clinton's <laughs> Lincoln's uh, killer. Sorry, that was a, a weird uh, Freudian slip. Um, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a recent book that I, I I've been rec- recommending to people who like that that style. Mm-hmm. So it's suspenseful, uh, it's historical, um, and uh, it's based completely in fact, which is really cool. So, uh, and I also love, I'm reading the autobiography Catch Me If You Can, which is mm-hmm. my favorite movie. Um, that's great. So it's just I just love all that kind of stuff. So anyway, this has been fantastic. I feel so inspired to start writing again. Uh, I used to write I used to write a daily blog post about my journey. Uh, and I kind of transitioned more into audio podcasts and vlogging. Um, so, uh, I don't know, I might start dabbling and, and getting the wordsmithing back. Good. Uh, so, That's what uh, we do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as we wrap up, tell people how they can get in touch with you, um, what your, you know, your website, your social media, all that kind of stuff. Sure. That's the opportunity to tell people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach us at ignite at creativelightfactory.org. Um, or you can come on by to uh, 20 East Bridge Street in Spring City. Um, and if you're interested in teaching with us, because we do invite people to teach with us, okay. um, just you can email Katie, K A T Y, at creative org. 
Awesome. And then you're on social media. Which platforms are you on? Yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Those Those are the the, the 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 top three. three. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. And I'll make sure I include all those links below with the video so people can click right out to them. And also uh, the address. Uh, Is there a phone number? For Creative Life Factory, or mostly through email. I don't <laughs> remember it. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, 484 All right. Good job. Great. So, ladies, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Oh, thank it's you. Been really, really a blast. Thank you for allowing me into your space. And uh, for those of you that may be inspired to exercise your writing muscles, be sure to get in touch with Creative Life Factory. And if you do, let them know that you heard about them through Discover Spring Forward. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode of Discover Spring Forward. Thank you so much for watching. I want to encourage you to check out Creative Light Factory for yourself. They have a number of options for people who are non-members as well. I also want to thank Katie and Patty for sharing their story today and remind you that Creative Light Factory is a nonprofit organization. So if you'd like to support them, you can do that in a number of ways by visiting the links below the video. If you enjoyed Discover Springford and the work that we're doing to highlight the Springford community, you can support us in a number of ways as well. First, you can share this video with your friends and family. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast and our online newsletter. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that in one of three ways. You can support us monthly through our Patreon site for as little as $1 a month. You can also make a one-time PayPal contribution, or you can purchase some of the merchandise that we have available in our online store by visiting discoverspringford.com. Thanks again for watching. Come back next time as we continue to discover what makes the Springford area a great place to live, work, eat, and explore.